What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show, Kings, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm Justin, along with Meals, days before Christmas. Are you in the Christmas spirit? Yeah, I'm in the like, Christmas Do you spirit. feel Christmassy? I don't know. I don't feel Christmassy. I don't know. I'm still not I'm, there yet. If I was the rated out of 10, I'm at like a, a 7. Um, I need to I go think, out and experience something Christmassy. That's what I need to do. I have Christmas not gone in New out. York. Christmas in New York is different. <clears throat> like, like Christmas in New York, you guys got to get a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, because the thing is, is that you get the weather with it. You know what I mean? And, and we don't really get yeah. that. So I would imagine it'd be a little bit different there. I just need, I think I just need to go out and see some decorations. And I think I need to see some things. I've only seen, the only thing holiday theme that I have seen over the last maybe like two weeks have been holiday themed Starbucks cups. And that might be it. And then also the Starbucks is also dressed up and dazzled up for, for, for Christmas as well. Um, but that might be the only thing. I don't know. But I'm ready to feel Christmassy. Like I have my new bed sheets. Bed sheets are a big Christmas tradition for me. I got to like change it to the nicest. I go buy some nice, soft quality sheets that I can lay on and I change them the night before Christmas and I wake up and I was like, oh my God, yeah, like I feel this is a brand new feeling for Christmas. So I don't know. That's my Christmas tradition of what I do. Wow, you're a bed nigga. I am. How about that? (laughs) I am. You gotta have some good sheets in the background. The sheet, the shit that you see behind me whenever we do videos, soft, velvety, amazing. Like I can, Madison Park got some good shit. I tell you. All right, you see this? Y'all see this? Y'all talk about me? Y'all talk about me? And this? (laughs) All right. What what have you done for Christmas? (laughs) What is Madison Park, bro? I ain't did nothing. I've it's done too a, much. It's a it's a branded Bed Bath and Beyond. That's where I get my sheets. I don't get them from anywhere in particular. I don't I don't break the 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 wallet for sheets. I just like nice sheets. Changing your sheets is like that. Now it's Christmas. It's crazy. <laughs> now it's Christmas. Now it's officially Christmas. Yes, absolutely. I've, I've done a lot, but I have a lot of stuff. Like one of our close friends is having a a. You know, having a baby in, in two months and their baby shower is in a couple of weeks and I got to get that stuff. And I'm like tripping because like, let me tell you, none of that stuff's going to get there for the shower. And I'm like really mad <laughs> because yeah. I, I, I'm really mad about it. I mean, the, the baby, if as long as it's there before the baby get there, I mean, I think you're valid. Yeah, <laughs> no, because, like, no, you're it's right. coming. You're it's right. It's on I, the I way. Just, I just feel like it's, it's well. I'll have stuff physically there when we get there, but um, is that that's happening like right after Christmas? So it's like I got Christmas, and then I got that, and then chill, and then wife's birthday, and then luckily, like a lot of the like the old stuff we used to have to do, like anniversary, we don't have to do that anymore because it's that's over with. You're married, I'm like yeah, yeah. fuck that. Who are we trying to impress? Because I, I used to have it. I used to, I was in hell for a while. It would be Christmas, anniversary, Valentine's Day, her birthday. I never got to rest. I would never. No, rest. no, no, no. That's the that's the anxiety of this whole thing. Like I, I, I hate. I feel like it was always. I would I would get to the point where it's like when it gets to my stuff, like my birthday, I'd be like just don't do anything. I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, 
I really don't care. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't have to experience it. I don't want to have to go through it. I don't want to have to plan anything. Just like I'm ready to chill. Um. All right. Before we go off on this tangent, because you're gonna go on this holiday ass tangent. Um. This episode is our year end episode, part one. As we always do. Um. So we're going to be going over a number of categories as if you hadn't had enough year in content from us. Go on our YouTube, youtube.com backslash. I think it's at the A show RNC now, which I didn't know you could put ads in fucking web addresses until YouTube did it. But um, you can go watch all of our year in content. It's doing pretty well. I'm very surprised. I'm very uh, thankful because I worked very, very hard on all of that. And I think putting it together um, showed that we are ready to approach 2023 with a with a, a new direction. And I'm glad that people are supporting it. So make sure you tune into that. But this one, we're gonna like we're gonna give some superlatives. We're gonna give some like whatever the opposite of superlatives are. <laughs> That's, I don't um, know. I, I'm trying to make something out of it. No, I can't <laughs> evil perturbs, malevolence, something along those lines. Like we're gonna be doing that. Um but all right, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make sure that we do this. So I'm setting the timer for 15 minutes, maybe 17, right? 17 or 15? What do you think? Uh, 17. Okay, so I'm gonna set Mills it for 17. Is, okay, Mills and I had a, a short little argument before the show started about who was the most talkative on the show. Because he right. said, let's get through, <clears throat> let's get through the main shows and no holds barred in 20 minutes. And I said, hey, okay, Mills, that's fine. But you'll say time limit and then be the most talkative person that breaking the time limit. I've had Mills, I've had you say I gotta be out in, in three minutes, and then you go on a whole five minute tangent. What I'm are like, you talking oh, about? <laughs> that's <laughs> not me. I promise you, it's not me. I, I can promise you go through go I through the shows. I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. The episodes when you're not on. Or the episodes where, like, you, I have this. Go ahead, but Mills, that that that's the episodes I'm not on is with people, and no disrespect to the wonderful guests that we've had in my in my place and in your place. Those sure. are people that have way less rapport than we do to talk about stuff. That's I not disagree. even fair. That's not even fair. I disagree. I've had Jeff J on, and we sense. go by a a absolute. I promise you, I plot out. 20 minutes for this, 15 minutes for this. You can ask Jeff J because it's all on our sheets that I run through with him. And then like 15 minutes for this, 20 minutes for this. And guess what? We stick to that motherfucker because you know what? People got all this other stuff that they got to go through. But, 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 but. See, we're rambling now. I haven't even fucking started the timer. <laughs> we're both talkative. Th- we're both talkative, sure. But for you, put it all on me. I was <laughs> like, <we're... laughs> yeah. I feel like we're both in our own separate ways, like exactly what we're doing right now. But it's a good Whatever. thing, right? I put, guess. Put, seven, put 17 on the clock and then let's run through No Holds Barred in the main shows. 17 starting right now. Last week, of course, we can't get past another Tuesday without something crazy happening. Uh, well, this happened Manny on Wednesday. Bro- hey. well, well, come on. The impetus of it happened on Tuesday, essentially. Okay. Andy sure. Rose lost the NXT title, which is something that we didn't really talk about either. And the next 
day you learned that she was let go. Uh, obviously, they didn't report it because it, they don't really ever report on NXT releases, do they? They they never really report on NXT releases. They they mostly do it for like the bigger stars. I don't on think, the main. I actually don't think they report on any releases, considering and all the stuff that we've heard over last week. Yeah, I don't think they do it officially anymore. I think it's an internal email now. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, we learned that she was released, and the reason that she was released was because of the content on her fans only, which is like kind fan of time. weird. Or oh, fan time, which is like, why, why not? Of I, I don't know, but hey, probably payouts, something maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, so one thing about the, this account is that like we kind of a lot of people, it was kind of like the worst kept secret about this account that she had, where she was sure. basically you could get a. A, a rating a, a a genital rating you can get all types of stuff and again the only reason we're you know we're kind of speeding through this is because everything that's been said about it has been said on like black announce table they talked about it uh the war report the war talked report. about it also yeah like a lot of people have talked black about it. Man, black Rasmus talked about it they we're all late pulled up the menu and picked out what the hell they would get <laughs> yeah all of that they, they've all done it we're not doing that today and i don't even think we would have did it if we were we got this earlier but um so, you know, she was let go. My my main thing here is that, you know, it no one really has like the true what happened behind the scenes, right, Mill? So she, obviously she was told, obviously she knew that WWE had been looking at this and they, they knew and they were aware at the very least that this was going on. Um, and she chose not to take it down. So the decision that they had was if we can't come to a decision on what's gonna happen here, we're gonna have to let you go and you're gonna have to drop the title to Roxanne tonight. And that's what happened. But what you see after that, right, is, you know, workers' rights type shit, right? It's weird. My my general thoughts on all this is that there's clearly some things you can do at a major corporations and some things you can't do, and it's in the contract that you sign. So all this kind of, like, virtual signaling and, and all these, like, fake ethical um, things because the conversation is over. No one's talking about it right now, and I'm not even sure if the people have then subscribed to it. But all this talk kind of about it to me is all for naught because at the end of the day, like, you can't do these things if you work at certain places. <laughs> like, you really just can't. And then one of the other things that um, that irked me is people are like, well, for years, WWE sold this image of, like, sexual Mandy Rose, and now that when she's doing something to capitalize it, that it's like now it's this bad thing and i'm like bro you to me that's like low-key even more dangerous <laughs> than the than what you probably think that they're thinking because now you're saying that oh because she chooses to embrace her sexuality and as a part of her character that she has to that they have to abide by all these things that are like um that are not kind of by the character, like they are promoting this, like they, it, it makes it seem like they're the ones who pushed her to this life or right. they're the <laughs> ones who have like uh, promoted her in this kind of way. It's like, well, if she wasn't sexy on TV, I don't see why they can't take her when she's like sexy, off, not off TV. I'm like, bro, she's a fucking character on TV. <laughs> like, yeah. and also women are, uh, women can embrace their sexuality in any ways that they want to. Like, I'm, I was like, what y'all sound? Really it was a lot of, respectability a lot of respectability politics that were like getting thrown towards a corporation's way i would love to see people attempt to do what she's doing at their own job and here's my here's my thing too and i stand on this there is a really bad stigma with sex work in general there's a there's a terrible stigma with sex work and i don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon regardless of what company you're in or where you work at but 
at the at the same time, a lot of people know that if you do something like that, wherever you work, everyone knows this, that there will be consequences. And there is all there's also there's always repercussions to these types of things, regardless of the character you play on TV or whatever. If it's not in your contract to do that and have third party stuff, it's just not in your contract to do it. If she if Mandy herself felt fine enough to be let go to do that, what are you still fighting for? Why are you still fighting about this for? There's no reason to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes no sense to fight for it. Yeah, I'm just... Listen, apparently her manager came out today to TMZ saying, oh, she's a while better off. She's making like 500K off of this since she left. And I was like, that's... You have a great manager who obviously loves everything that you do <laughs> and supports you in any other way possible. And I was like, you know what? Fair. Go off. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't... I don't even care to, to look at the, the the tax returns on that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mandy's gone. Um, what a year for her. She had the title for over 400 days. Um, and then to lose it just that unceremoniously again over, over this is just kind of like it's kind of the story of her career. Right. It's like it's like, you know, there, there's moments where you kind of wanted her to kind of succeed and you wanted to see it with her. And then it just kind of goes away. And who's to say she'll, she'll come back? We don't know, but as as it stands right now, she's gone, and you know maybe she'll be back one day when she puts the menu up for good. Um, some uh, news that came. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Oh, some news that came out today. Uh, SBJ, the Sports Business Journal had a has some predictions. Uh, one of their predictions uh, that they put out today was like Microsoft's going to buy Netflix next or something like that. Like they're they're looking into the future, and they believe that WWE. Uh, and they're going to cash out with NBC Universal. They believe that um, basically NBC Universal will probably secure Raw and, and NXT for the foreseeable future. When the rights deals come up, they'll be negotiating next year, obviously around Mania time. Down in that. Well, no, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So they, oh, they, they, they predicted they're, they're going to retain uh, Raw and NXT. Obviously, they're going to be they're, they're going to be negotiating that around Mania time next year in L.A. Um, but they're also predicting this is John Ostrin, who's who's kind of like a an analyst for for Sports Business Journal. He 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 basically predicts that they're going to get SmackDown too, and they're going to put SmackDown in a prime position on in a, on one of NBC's channels, possibly a USA or something accessible like NBC itself. Um, this will obviously affect the negotiations with their Peacock deal as well, which is also which is crazy because that, I feel like that deal just got signed like yesterday. But um, it's looking like. NBC Universal is going to be the home for WWE for the foreseeable future, potentially to be sold to WWE in the near future as well. Um, me and Mills have talked about this at length about what is the next big step, and we don't know what this company looks like. I, I'm a little bullish on the fa- on if Fox will let SmackDown go because it's been such an advantage and such a big ratings earner for them every week in a slot that they just don't use at eight o'clock on Fridays. But if but if if SmackDown goes to NBC. I think Mills, it could get better ratings. I think it would get way better ratings. I think it, we could be looking at 2.5, 2.7, almost 3 million for SmackDown every week. I like SmackDown on Fox. I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I, I don't like eh, NBC is kind of, eh, it's very um, uh, Wonder Bread to me. Toast, I butter. I don't know. Well, Fox, well, Fox has alt right, right wing Fox News commercials during SmackDown. So what's that to you? Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. No, I don't know. I don't even know what that Spicy means. Beef. 
<laughs> Spicy beef I, teriyaki. I, I, I don't know what that means. They don't, they're not eating that for sure. They're eating red meat <laughs> burnt to a crisp. Um, we, got, we got eight and a half minutes, but we cleared half the time. I, we're not making it 17. Anyway, uh, I like I like SmackDown on Fox because I feel as though WWE actually has a good relationship with Fox. They integrate them into football, they integrate them into so many things in the Fox landscape that I think that it, it, it looks natural. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what could change with NBC, but if you're looking at a deal like this, Mills, like they signed them for what? Uh, two bill? I'd say for all of the, the whole package of, of WWE, you're looking at upwards of four to $5 billion just, just for that. And if that's the case, that's a deal that they can't say no to, especially where they're at right now without Vince McMahon. They got to be looking to the future. No, you're absolutely right. Like, I don't know. I get, yeah, but I don't know. I really, Fox is just, it, it seems like the best thing SmackDown has been on since UPN or NBC, CW. NBC will give them that same, if, if Fox got Smacked, SmackDown for two bill, one bill, whatever, they could double that and the production could go up. The star power could go up. They could potentially, you know, have SmackDown specials all over the, all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, they could do a lot, and, and I'm not. It's not to say they can't do that with Fox. I, I do think that it's a it's a good network for them just for ratings. But I think that it will be comparable on NBC. Like the NBC has nothing on that time slot, absolutely nothing. But like Dateline, I think if you put that on NBC, you could see Roman Reigns on SNL. You know what I mean? You could see a lot of you could see a lot of stuff happening. But I feel like you could do that anyway. That's what Raw and USA is for. <laughs> like. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I, what, what, what you're missing, everything is, what you're missing is that Roman is primarily featured on a Fox show. That's why I'm saying that Roman is primarily featured on a Fox show. There's there's no synergy there for them to do that. That would step on their toes. That would step on Fox's toes for them to take their star on SmackDown and put them on SNL. That's why I said Roman on SNL. But I feel like it's such a relationship anyway, because it's like a month later, all the SmackDown shows end up on Peacock anyway. Like, like all these that they they could that and and again that they could be arguing and and to your point you're right NBC could say there's more synergy here you're already on Peacock you could have your show we could bring your shows to to our to our channel in less than 24 hours the same way we do with Housewives the same way we do with our our regular slate every um, Monday Tuesday Wednesdays they could shorten that time. With, with that rights deal. And they, the thing is, is that they could also work to try and pull that off of Hulu as well and keep that primarily on Peacock where the only place that they could go or they could they could have their own kind of blowout app on Peacock that's bigger, hopefully with a better fucking search. Like, there's a lot of smoke to that fire, in my opinion, if they decide to go that way. I, I, I do think that as much as Fox does seem like a really cool destination for SmackDown, NBC and Universal does make sense as well. I just wouldn't want it to be on USA. I think that that's a channel that if you look at raw ratings, I, I think that, like, I don't think people are going to that channel anymore. I think USA is kind of falling into another slump where they don't have the lead-ins right now. You know, SVU is not doing it anymore. It's just a channel that I, I don't even think I watch it unless Raw's on. You know what I mean? I just think that it's, it's a dying platform. Like, they need to move Raw yeah. off of that shit, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hell to the no. Yeah. There's, a, there's no way I'm watching anything uh, on USA Network. To be honest, exactly. Except maybe Miz and Misses. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I watch Peacock. Bar- Barmageddon. Barmageddon is is like 
an awful show. I've watched five minutes of it. I said, this is terrible. Like, this is what they've been spending a lot of marketing dollars on. And I don't know if it, it's necessarily worth it. But it's like, I look at the ratings. It's like, I, I don't think that, like, there's anything that Raw could do right now other than getting some of their stars back that would get that back that rating back up. Because I looked at last night's show and I was like, they're probably going to do the same rating they did last week with this show. But it's also where this channel is. Like, no one, there's no one is watching USA that is like, okay, I've got to watch this and then lead in the Raw. They're looking at it and say, oh, SVU is on for its eighth hour today. You know what I mean? There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like special about this, this network. So I think that like, more if more than SmackDown, Raw needs a, a new, a, not only a fresh can of paint, uh, the stars are coming back, but they need a new home. Like, I feel like Raw being on, on USA to me is just kind of like, ugh, it's a lot for me now. Anyway, um, the show's for this week. SmackDown. Ricochet versus Gunther. Is it an A-show curse? <laughs> it might be. I mean, he did really well in it, if there's any... If it's any consolation, he, that match was fire. Um, Asia curse. I mean, Bianca goes on our show. <laughs> Days later, she 26 seconds happens. Uh, I'm not blaming us for that. I'm blaming the other lady. <laughs> uh, we, I, we didn't talk about that other lady, but I also said that I don't want to talk about that other lady. But I didn't know I if you want to if you want to plug in your ears for 90 seconds, I can kind of fire off what do I think and where all this Go is going thus far. Go um, all right. So hashtag Sasha Banks watch for the week, um, since I'm the only one committed to this bit at this point. Um, it was reported by Fightful Select last week that Sasha Banks, you pretty much, you know, cooperating the story of Raj Giri early in the year that Sasha Banks will probably be out of her WWE contract January 1st. Um, and the New Japan deal, once again, uh, booked outside of her, and she's pretty much going to be doing things outside of WWE. What does that mean for the future of her? No idea. If you're asking if AEW is a destination, I would say I could say that's likely, um, in my opinion. Um, smart, no, but likely, yes. Um, and for those of you who are looking for any updates on Naomi, if I had to give my prediction, I'm assuming wherever Naomi, wherever Sasha Banks goes, Naomi's going to go to. And um, solidarity, so they don't look kind of stupid. Because I feel like if one went one direction and the other looked another direction, their joint um, walkout would look incredibly dumb. So... 2023, we'll have to see where Sasha Banks goes and how Sasha Banks moves or Mercedes Renato or the hell she wants to be called at these days. But yeah, and you know, we'll see where her and her CBD gummies take her. That's Sasha Banks' watch for the week. Cooked. Y'all don't see it, but I see it. <laughs> Y'all don't see it, but I see it. Yeah, the, the, the stock is high right now, but it's high because nothing's been said. You feel me? It's I high absolutely because, agree. It, it's high because because we don't we don't know what's going on. When when we see the end result, cooked. You don't they'll call me crazy now. But later they'll be they'll they they'll you know, you know how it goes. You know how it goes, Mills. We usually you know write about these things, but she's cooked. Um it's in, yeah, it's interesting to see where all of this will lead to. Um, but my thing is long term it'll probably lead back to WWE. Um, if she doesn't sign an AEW deal, which to me would be, 
I would say get your money, but also like that's not sometimes all money isn't good money and uh long if you, term. If you, if you could imagine how bad that CM Punk thing ended in AEW, let me just let me just posit something. I know we're over time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know we're over time. I know, I know we're over time. But if you could, but but you you feel what I'm about to go right? You feel where I'm going right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you could imagine how bad the CM Punk thing ended, right? And one of the main things that you love about Sasha is that she's a firebrand. She goes wherever she goes. She 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 says what she has. She says what she feels. She ruffles feathers. She don't care. She do, you know, all of that stuff. You already know she's like this. You already saw what happened to CM Punk. You already know what that locker room's like. You know how contentious that locker room is. is. You know she's not a locker room leader because she's no one's ever said she was. Imagine how that's going to work with your Britt Bakers and your Thunder Roses, who's going to come back soon, and your Jay Cargills. How's that going to work? And Athena's? How's uh, possibly Mandy Rose's too? How do you think that's going to work in the end? Six, well, a year it took CM Punk. With, le- with people not telling you no, with people not saying, hey, you got to chill, and people putting up with your bullshit. How do you think it's going to hey, go? Man. It's, hey. it's cooked. It's it's pretty much going to go. I can't see it for all the reasons you, that you were saying. Um, I can't see it going well if it does go in that direction. But I'm not putting past anything where there's two major wrestling companies and one is they're both paying out um, actual money. So we'll see how this goes. If they really, if I would say, if AEW does sign Sasha Banks at one day, it's something where you're they're supposed to be taking a real look at their women's division but ultimately they don't care about their women's division at this point they don't believe any of the women are draws at, at this point they didn't believe cm punk was a draw and look at where they're at now <laughs> so yeah yeah hubris um but smackdown was fire uh really good i think it was con- maybe maybe a top 10 smackdown of the year to me it was really good how did you feel about uncle howdy we saw uncle howdy that was my least favorite part of it. And I keep wanting to lipo this and be team lipo. I'm starting to wonder if Bray is healthy. I'm starting to wonder mm-hmm. if like he's able to actually get physical because he has not gotten physical. Have the knee brace. Exactly. But I'm also like, well, am I making excuse? You know what I'm saying? Am I making excuses for this to, you know what I'm saying? Am I being too, you know, because, because here's my thing. Let me just be clear. The crowd is eating this shit up. Every city they go to. So I am clearly in a minority. I mean, it's me, maybe a couple other people that are not eating this shit up. The crowd loves it every week. Chicago loved what they saw. I just wish there was some type of contention. And maybe I need to be a little more open. There's some type of contention that, like, the show is going to shift to this universe now. Then it's going to go back to regular things. Because the announcers don't even address it. It was like they don't even talk about it after it happens. The the lights go out, commercial goes, then they come back and they say, well, we're not going to talk about that. I was just like... (laughs) you have to because I'm trying to make sense of what the fuck we just saw. And then, you know, the announcer's telling you, no, I'm just like, I'm not going to go to Reddit to go read about what any of this shit means. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I think one of the, one of the things kind of always holding back Bray Wyatt is that he existed in a new universe without his own, but you never really saw him in like number one contenders matches. You never saw him interact with, you never saw these kind of like interactions that would want you to be excited for upcoming future feuds or something. Like, even the Roman Reigns thing, right? Like, they haven't faced off prominently um, since Roman Reigns came back. And that even that wasn't even a proper face-off in itself. Um, so I think they're really losing things by uh, 
not really putting him in anything else to succeed as an actual wrestler superstar on the roster um as opposed to being this like just kind of thing that happens and then it comes and goes as it please um, if he is hurt if he is hurt i get it you know what i mean like i i get it i understand if he's hurt you know let less i, I just want to see something happen you know what i mean and, and i think that to me is what 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 i'm frustrated because here's my thing i'm not blaming none of this on la Knight. he's doing some of his best work in the company since i've seen him the first you know what i'm saying like he's doing some of his best work i thought his promo on friday was fantastic but it had to go with the brace and the and the brace was confusing it was like it wasn't even like is he in cahoots with the guy is he not he he only looked upset or surprised that he was there in the final couple seconds of the actual segment and i felt like the producer was like hey you're you're laughing too much like you got to make it look like you don't know what's going on it was weird absolutely it was weird um we got a big announcement at the end of the show. Dude, this is true. I was gonna say I was gonna talk about the hit row thing. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the just baby quit. doesn't just like quit. it either. <laughs> no, clearly not. Um hit rows that was a a choice to do. He says his leg gave out. I kind of believe him, but also I feel like that isn't something you should be doing anyway. <laughs> I, you know what else I don't think he should be doing? Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, nonetheless, um, no. Let's 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 go back to the end of SmackDown because that was a big, powerful, like real great segment. It was. Now that I see what this prediction is going to be, it was Fox. You better get your shit right because we can do this whenever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was Fox. Get your shit right. You know, Roman Reigns comes out. Sammy thinks he's going to become, you know, an actual Oos, not an honorary Oos. Roman is still perturbed by what he's seen from Sammy since War Games and before War Games. And the thing that I like about this story so far is that Jay, of his own creation, has caused the skepticism in Roman, finally. So he's finally got through to Roman when Jay's all in. Don't you hate when that happens? But um, so now he's skeptical of Sammy. And he said, you know, me and you, Sammy, we're going to face KO with a partner of his choice. For the December 30th episode of SmackDown. KO, who wasn't on the show, I guess he had travel issues, I heard. Um, he was, he calls John Cena, and John Cena shows up on the screen, skinny as hell. It's gonna be kind of odd. I don't know if he's gonna be able to bulk. I'm used to like freak of nature Cena, right? Like he's really skinny now. <laughs> I'm okay with him looking like a human being. Because his forearms were bigger than people's arms, like that was insane. Like, so I'm okay. I can I can deal with him. I don't have to see him every week. I, it, it's not noticeable every week. Yeah. Um, so as long as he, you know, he might even wear a shirt. To be honest with you, he probably. And we had we had wondered what John would be doing on the show. He had been announced that a couple of days before that last week that he was going to be on the show. And we know now that it's going to be Kevin Owens, John Cena versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn on December 30th. That is a big time match. That is a that is that is a match that you end the year on because you're setting up the storylines that lead into 2023 from there. And I got to say, bravo to Kevin Owens. Bravo to Sami Zayn. Look at that. Look at that. These two guys were doing ladder wars. They were in CZW together. You know what I'm saying? And now they're on the final SmackDown, biggest show 
on the in the company on the last the last episode with Roman Reigns and, and John Cena. That is that to me is power right there. And I, hey, I want to even even the segue there, like that final moment on Raw too. I thought that was incredible as well. Like continuing to build this tension, and I think they did a great job at. To me, everything on Raw was building for next year. This was a big like. <laughs> um, let's pencil year. that in. <laughs> yeah, let's pencil <laughs> that in in 2023. Um, <laughs> minus that last SmackDown, which I'm just gonna count as 2023 anyway. But um, they did a lot of great stuff, like on Raw, Bloodline coming in, beating up everybody, harassing everybody. Um, poor Chase, you, Andre Chase. <laughs> shows up gets beats up ali par the course so not even really surprised there um look for chase you i popped for that really huge yeah you got to you got to those are like nice little easter egg things they beat up yeah. the club the oc um which i'm a fan of just in general aj clapped back got his match against aj got his match against sammy lost to the blue thunder bomb also i, said, I popped he's... for that I said these niggas is winning too much. <laughs> I said, All right, bro, bro, they got Sammy winning. I was like, they got Sammy got winning. I even when Sammy had like, remember he had Cesaro and Nakamura on his team. He was still taking L's. Yeah, he, he was not. He was not the big winner. And it, and and to be honest, it didn't matter. That's what the this is twenty second tangent. That's what bothers me about the Sasha Banks thing and people saying that she wasn't treated right. I feel like you were treated right, and the fact that you even have a long reign is. It doesn't matter. It means nothing. I feel like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And you know what? I was talking to my homegirl last night about this because she was talking to me about, like, kind of from the perspective of a black woman. And I was just like, I, I understand and I see where you coming from with this. But also, I feel like this is a business. And at the end of the day, this is also more entertainment. So, like, when you're holding it as a sport, when you want to have these long reigns and you feel like you're going to be the top person, all of that, that comes from the passionate side, the passionate wrestling fan you are, which I respect. But ultimately, at the end of the day, none of that matters if you're presented in a certain way on television. Like, if you're presented as a big star, which Sasha Banks was, you will be a big star. And The Rock was always presented as a big star. I can't tell you how many times in the year 2000 that man took a pedigree <laughs> like to end the show. Here's my thing. If you leave before you're an actual big star, you will not become the said big star. The momentum is dipped away, dropped away, and then you're going to be doing all types of things to try to just, you know, keep yourself up at that level. If you um, haven't been on TV for a long time, then, you know, anyway. Um, speaking, of, speaking, of, speaking of women on TV, Becky and Bailey. Banger. Listen. I love it. Give me two more of those. I I was questioned about like, damn, this is placed. You know, it's not the main event, which I get. Um, it's at the top of the third hour, which is kind of rough. But like, they still killed it. Like, it was incredible. Um, Becky is every time she comes back, she gets better now. Because now you know what's what's funny about her, she's quicker. And like, I think she. Yeah, and I think um, she's able to... I think she's actually smarter than she ever used to be. I think as an in-ring performer being doing this for so long now, and not to say that she wasn't before, but I just think she's really, really like smart in how she does things now and how she positions herself. And, you know, she's taking these L's, but they're not really L's. This is, again, what we were talking about. Becky Lynch took the L. 
if people are trying to get the the contract size of, mm-hmm. of, of Charlotte and Becky Lynch, like mm-hmm. these are the things you got to be able to do. You know what I'm saying? And still be able to convincingly do it. Becky lost to Dana Brooke this year. All right. And y'all worried about a contract. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I feel like the Melsa thing, this is all this is so sidebar, because that Melsa thing irked me when it said when it named Charlotte and Becky, because I was just like, this is so that's so like nasty. And you like, know damn these... well, you know, you, you know Meltzer isn't intersectional at all. That's my yeah. thing. It's like he you know he don't care about black women at all. He don't care about the he don't care about you know how much women get paid. He he positioned that to start and rile up an argument that would essentially become a race war. Because it's Absolutely. not about Becky and Charlotte at all. It really isn't. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure Sasha wasn't getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and here's the thing, we don't know how much these people are getting paid. We never let's just, know. <laughs> let's just be clear. Let's be clear here as well. But at the end of the day, it's like you're not the Melzer's not intersectional. So why y'all believe in him? Like it's crazy. He's also um, been wrong more this year than he's ever been, ever. So I, I, I don't see. <laughs> makes no I, sense. I, um, let's see what else happened on Raw. Alexa Bliss smashes the vase over Bianca Belair's head. I thought that was amazing. I was like, good-ass wow. promo. Good ass promo too. I I thought that she came off really believable. Um, I thought Bianca came off as believable, and it had me wanting the match. Now, I love it. Um, I don't matter. I got us. All right, we, we can get there. I was going to actually wrap up with this, but Dexter Loomis versus The Miz, winner take all ladder match. This this program has been so consistently wacky and terrible in my opinion <laughs> that I think the ending of this was par for the course. <laughs> to have a really good match and then have Bronson Reed show up is just par of the course for this. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on here? Like, why are we doing this? Like, I get Ciampa's not coming back, but that was like... <sighs> but Ciampa can come back and you could do DIY again. And there right. in 2023, you I I'll buy that main roster because there's a story there with Miz, and there's a story there with with Champa misplaced. And if this is your new KO Sammy type thing, you start it there. So I dig it. I love how Miz. I love how Miz just hauled off on Johnny Gargano. I was like, think about damn time, beat that motherfucker's ass. I was like, fuck him. Like, no offense, but like. Wait, why fuck him? He's been terrorizing the Miz. Like, how can he be the? How can Miz be the bad guy in this situation? Here's my thing, right? Because he lied about something that had nothing concerning him. It's a wacky story. Um, (laughs) I thought the ladder match was fun. I still question if. I still question if um. Weirdo man. Well, if he's not 24-7 bound or he's better off in that position. I'm not sure where we put Dexter Loomis. It it, it could really swing either way or, but um, I don't know. I, never, I don't have enough. Yeah, I don't have enough confidence in him as an actual solo entity if I had to do my I pick. saw um I saw a tweet that almost made me want to be on um, – Bronson Reed side, it says for a company like New Japan to give you a moment like this in your first year with them, and the in the moment is um 
Bronson or Jonah Rock versus Okada. And for you to, to fum- and and for you to fumble by going to be the Miz's bodyguard, I already remember why the industry got so monopolized these last few years. Working smart, not hard, huh? Listen, do you feel as though <laughs> Bronson Reed is gonna be making what he made or what he makes now in WWE in New Japan? Nah, not even close. So it, it, he had to make the best move for his family, not for you, you dork. <sighs> Christ. Anyway, that was raw. Oh, me, Rhea Ripley beating up men. Yeah, fire. <laughs> How could we deny it? Like it was a great match. Akira Tozawa was great at his job. It got a little wonky and wacky toward the end, but uh, yeah, it was. Do something with her, please. Give her a title. Do you feel like it's going to be Rhea, uh, Bianca at Royal Rumble? Hmm. No. Okay. I feel like they're going to run back Alexa. Okay. And then you're going to you're gonna have... I mean, Charlotte's coming back. What better time to do Rhea than... Oof, when, they, when, they, when, they, when they announce that Charlotte returns at the Royal Rumble promo... <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing, <laughs> throwing my fucking pants in there. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Fanute the coop, bro. Like, for where the fresh one? <laughs> Fanute the coop, bro. Yeah, somebody come some YouTube up. beautiful. Give me some YouTube beautiful day to it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Yeah, here's the thing. Niggas will say y'all ready for Charlotte to come back, and then she monopolizes television, and then you're like, I'm ready for her to leave again. I'm ready. I'm just. I don't like. Don't do her versus Ronda again. That's a. That was like the most. Testosterone based women's feud. <laughs> I am the opportunity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't do that again. I'm fine with like anything else. Charlotte Liv, I'm good with that. Like Charlotte versus, well, not anyone. How many else. clean? How many clean jobs you think? How many clean jobs you think she's taking? Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On SmackDown, you seen SmackDown? They got Emma there, nigga. <laughs> All right, see, this, this nigga's green. All first right, man, first um, match she come back, she big booing Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> you like, I'm the I'm the biggest bitch on this roster. Fuck y'all. Raquel looking <laughs> at the lights. <laughs> hey, man. Anyway, let's get into our year end uh, discussion, if you will. This what what was it like this year for you? Was it easy? It was. I sat in Starbucks and filled this thing out pretty handily. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, like, oh. this week we're very positive. All right. Okay. And next week, I want to think of something like to 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 do next week because I think it's going to be a little light because a lot of conversation is going to be heavy. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more to talk about, you know, next week as well. But I want to think of something to talk about. next week. <laughs> I, I don't want to be fully. It's not fully. Oh, it is fully negative. <laughs> we get fully negative next week. So this On this her. week it this week is the best of. Okay, next week is the worst of. Amen. I, I want to start it off with with best. Or do you want to start with with, with worst? I mean, we, no, no, way. no. I support. I support this. I support people waiting for the negativity next week <laughs> because I feel like that's going to be amazing. So. I, I look forward to that. Okay, let's let's start it off with our our big superlatives here. Match of the year. This was from twenty twenty three. 
every company. Or I'm sorry, 2022. So shit, I'm in the future. I'm future right now. Future, anyway, baby. Come on. Yeah. let's start it. Let's start it off with the match of the year, 2023, in a unanimous 2022. vote. <laughs> I said it again. Yeah, Yo, I'm ready. You're in the future. I know over. your years over. Your years <laughs> over. I know your years over. But some of us still gotta go to work. <laughs> oh God, 2022. I'm sorry, y'all. The unanimous decision is Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. These two had three matches in three months. I would I would argue that two of them, to me, got my highest honor. One of them I was actually in the building for, so it was a little skewed, but I think a lot of people would agree that it was a fantastic, near-perfect match. The second one is kind of less talked about. I actually didn't even go back and watch that one. But the third one, off the Richter scale, um, you had the drama of the Friday before we found out that Cody was injured and he was potential uh, there was a potential he would not be competing in the Hell in a Cell match and that he was actually going to go ahead and do it. So the whole night you're waiting to see what is going to happen. I think the the, the whole show didn't mean anything, right? Like you're just waiting for the for the main event at that point. And then you see the match. You see Cody come out. He's not even lifting his arms and you get that moment. And I don't think there has ever been a moment in wrestling since I've been watching it where the crowd legitimately, and no one said anything, Mills, they shut up. And you heard a gasp when he takes off his robe and you see it. Hey, man, this is classic Cody. This is hamming it up for the sake of hamming it up. If he could have did this in AEW, he would have turned, too. I mean, he put himself through a fucking flaming table at this point. Um, but if he could have done this, he would have. But it, this is this is classic Cody. Absolutely. And from there, the match itself was was strange because if you go back and watch it, no one's really saying no one's really cheering everyone is like in shock for 10 minutes of this match and he's taking bumps and at that point you actually feel as though people are saying this is the most compassionate audience wherever the fuck they were that night because it looked like and it felt like they did not want to see this match go on but then cody starts getting offense and if you could ever imagine someone or that you've ever seen a match right where someone actually competed with one fucking arm you've seen it and they went for like 30 minutes This was, this was big. They were in Chicago, well, Rosemont, Illinois. Rosemont, yeah. So, where we were, well, no, actually, we weren't there. Were, were we there on SmackDown? Same SmackDown place. was Rosemont. From SmackDown was Rosemont, yes. Okay, all right. So yeah, nah, I, I fully support this match. This was best match of the year by far. Well, I don't want to say by far, but it's it's pretty close. No, I, I, I think it's far and away. I, I got to give it up to Cody and also give it up to Seth for um, having the care that he did for Cody's state in, in, his, in his physical being. They pulled out weapons. They pulled out chairs. They pulled out tables. They pulled out fucking wasn't they, they put out everything in this match. And, and Cody gets the win with one arm. The next night he gets taken out on TV and Seth goes into his mad character and, I mean, we still see it. We don't know when Cody's coming back. We don't know how they'll change and shift Seth when he comes back. But there's definitely going to be some hell to pay, no pun intended, uh, when that when that rolls back around when Cody comes back. So, Meals, what was your runner-up for match of the year? So, my runner-up is Sheamus versus Gunther at Clash at the Castle. I mean, f- five-star. Both of these are five-star to me, but that... It, I think it's enough said. I mean, I talked about it on the 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 YouTube show, classic. 
great encounter, hard hitting. It's all the shit that I'm about, to be honest with you. Um, but I like to see that's why I love random matches like that. Like the, the William Regal matches or the or the Gunter versus um Ilya Dragunov matches and stuff like that. Like just true battle tested matches. So that was my that was my runner up. What say you, sir? My runner up was Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. This was for so many reasons, this was an important match just for not only Team Lipo, <laughs> but for the culmination of, you know, almost a year of conversation, concern. And if, if not for nothing, the fans are, are passionate about this and they're passionate about Bianca. They're passionate about Becky. But having that meet in one place, the, the, the stadium, the, the atmosphere, the crowd, I was there. There wasn't a soul alive in there that was not on Bianca's side. And when she comes out with the band and that whole thing was just amazing to see live. You know what I mean? And I can't think of a a better match that I've seen live. You know, I mean, we got Cody in them right after that. But like, I can't see some, I can't see anything that that was better than that to me. Like it, it was just such a sublime match from the storytelling of Becky being so desperate to Bianca being you know, smarter than Becky and, and knowing all of her tricks. I mean, they started it with the manhandle slam spot and everyone bit on it. I thought she was going to lose again <laughs> and, I, and I knew better, but it was such a great fucking, a great fucking match. And, you know, shout out to Bianca for going through with it with one eye. I mean, she got her eye pretty much like closed shut by one of uh, an errant uh, elbow from back uh, from Becky, I believe. And, and listen, it, it was fantastic. You know, Mills, the, the one thing that I will say about these matches of the year that we picked this year the one constant between them is fan um, interaction and fan empathy. With uh, Cody and Seth, they cared about Cody. With, with Sheamus and Gunther, that was a hometown crowd for Sheamus, and they cared about him winning or not, and they gave him that, that ovation. With Bianca and Becky, the fans were completely into Bianca, and when she won, the roof went off in that place. So, like, really the fans made these matches this year. I agree. And you know what? Full first... This is our first full year back, you know, from the COVID thing, and everything is delivered thus far. Absolutely. Um, Wrestler of the year. (laughs) This is going to be contentious. (laughs) (laughs) Mills, you say Roman Reigns? Yes, easily. Like, who else would it be? Like, the man put the entire year on his back. Like, banger with everybody. With everybody. Except maybe Goldberg, but that's not his fault. But why do people keep? I haven't rewatched that. Was it really that I bad? I haven't rewatched that. I don't even, I don't remember. I'm just assuming. <laughs> I can't remember that match. But the, the mere fact I can't remember that match is enough for me to say, okay. like, hmm, what's, a, what's going on here? Um, and then I guess the Brock match at Mania, too. But like, sometimes it's not even about the matches. Sometimes it's just about the moment, too. Like, the fact that he goes into the room and it's important now. Like, everything is important when he shows up. When he shows up to Raw, when he shows up, he kicked off Raw last week. I was like, oh shit, I need to be watching this. What the fuck is he saying? Like, when he's on SmackDown, it's like, oh, okay, Roman's on SmackDown. We gotta tune in. Like, the air of importance he brings to anything that he puts down is a testament to not only WWE's like building of his character, but like where he's at as a star, and then also just the star making matches he puts on. The the match with Logan Paul is Bad Bunny. It, I thought always thought Bad Bunny had the best you know celebrity performance, but Roman versus Logan Paul was like wow. 
incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An unforgettable match. Like, I know people talk about the injury to Logan in that match, but it's like it was Roman's professionalism that, that was also there. Like, he, he was awesome in that match. Um, my wrestler of the year was Seth Rollins. Um, I thought that though he is maybe several rungs below Roman in terms of stardom and star power, when it comes to in rings, I feel as though he is at or above those levels. And that's why I put him there. This is the guy that actually did face off with Roman this year, gave him one of his contested L's that was a, a DQ finish, but had one of our moments of the year. He was someone that, again, main event in the pay-per-view, one of their, one of their highest viewed Hell in the Cells this year. So he was someone that actually drew them some money and I, and I got them some money and got them in the door. Took three L's to Cody Rhodes and did not lose any of his stature for it. U.S. champion this year. Bangers with everyone, including those dorks like Elrod and fucking Ezekiel and shit like that. He was having ma- great matches with them. And now he's he's being tasked with helping make Austin Theory or this new version of Austin Theory. And I think that it's going pretty well right now. And, and I'm actually enjoying it. I think in terms of in-ring, on the mic, he's taken it to another level. He stepped up this year. And I got to give I got to give him the rub here. Like, he is that guy that I always believed that he was going to be. And I cannot wait. And I'm wishing, praying, and hoping that he is a focal point of 2023, especially within the title picture. Because he it's been too long, Mills, since he's had a top title in the WWE. I agree. But doesn't look like it's going to stop from my winner of the rest of the year. It doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. Um, but I agree. It's been it's been way too long. Um, and I believe he was your runner-up. So we actually swapped. <laughs> yeah, we swapped. So all the stuff that he said, just think of it, but like lesser <laughs> for me <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> I actually felt as though Roman... Other than his big marquee matches this year, he wrestled less. That's for damn sure than he did in 2020 and 2021. Um, but I think that other than his marquee matches, there were not many matches I remember from him. I remember Logan. I remember the WrestleMania match because I was there. I remember the SummerSlam matches because that that's in my top five matches of the year. But in terms of like anything else... It's character that drew it for me with Roman and obviously him drawing so much money. So, like, obviously I got to put him there. But I think that just in ring, I just enjoyed Seth a lot more this year. So, Roman was my runner-up for wrestler of the year. Um, Tag team of the year. Unanimously. I think this is the first time that me and you have gotten unanimous in a lot of things (laughs) this year. But unanimously, we picked the Usos. We the ones. Y'all the twos. They got really good matches. I wanted to try to find someone else, to be honest with you, because I didn't really want to pick the Usos, to be honest with you. Usos have been around for a long time, and they've reinvented themselves to some extent, but they've been around quite a bit, and I don't know. They have really good matches, but yeah, it's a... It's, it's, yeah, it goes without it like saying. a begrudgingly. Yeah, it goes without saying. They won the, they won the unified titles. They, they broke the New Day streak. I mean, you could, who else? Who but them could you have given it to this year? Like, they really set the standards. Like, they were the ones this year that people are talking about. They main evented more shows. They main event shows damn near every single week. Um, matches with damn near everyone. I know someone brought up, like, they lost 11 matches. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> like they still broke all these records. You know what I mean? Like, it does not matter. Um, I, I, it has to be the Usos. Um, my runner-up for this year was actually FTR, who I felt like, 
even though they did not have many matches or as much as the Usos, they definitely had quality. I, I thought their match with the Briscoes, the first one, I haven't seen the second one yet, um, from this year was one of my favorite matches of the year. And to me, that kept them in contention for a very long, for, for a pretty long time. I just think that it's funny that like they're being booked the way that they are in AEW. Um, what was your runner-up, Mills? So my runner-up was the Creed Brothers. I just thought they did an amazing job in NXT, NXT Tag Team Champions, uh, won the Dusty Cup Classic. Uh, really, it's a lot of carrying from Julius Creed himself, but still, nonetheless, I think they are a team that's definitely bona fide and has been built up in a, in a great way in NXT. So I'm going to say, like, beyond pretty deadly, I think they are the stars of the NXT Tag Team division from this year. Absolutely. I, I think pretty deadly would definitely be in my top five as well. Um, let's go to female wrestler of the year. Unanimous decision, Bianca Belair. I want to do something different. What would you say, Mills, if someone said Bianca Belair was not the female wrestler of the year? Like, what is the argument against that? And I feel like there's going to be some people saying a Britt Baker, or they're going to say like a Jamie Hayter, or they're going to say like a, uh, some people might say Becky. You know what I'm saying? What, what's your argument against people saying that it's not Bianca this year? I don't know. I would probably say, like, you're wilding. Like, do we have two eyes? Can you <laughs> process information correctly? Is that how, how do you not pick Bianca in this kind of position, especially considering she's held it for the majority of the year, has won from the majority of the year, has been more consistent and, and, and has, a, like, to be working at the level that she's at, but still the amount of years that she's wrestled, um, again, is, is, is just big in general. I think, um, I couldn't say, I don't want to put down anybody else to say, why is she there? But I feel like it's, I feel like you would be wilding to ignore her consistency and everything else that she's contributed this year for sure. Absolutely. I mean, stadium shows, every single one of them, she was on them. Um, she, she, she really put her foot down on, on everything. She's been there weekly. Uh, the, the longest reign of it, of anyone right now. Um, she, it, it, like not named Roman, you know what I mean? Like she, she's been up there and she's defeated some pretty big names The the series with Bailey itself, say what you will about whatever the creative was behind it. Her and Bailey went to war multiple times this year and she competed in her first war games <clears throat> and did a great job at it. And I mean, from SummerSlam or from Mania to SummerSlam, had a fantastic run, even with extenuating circumstances about, you know, surrounding her title reign, still managed to give us really good triple threat matches, really good matches with Asuka, really good matches with pretty much everyone that was put in front of her. I got to give it up to Bianca. Like, she is, to me, she isn't almost the new Cena. She is the new Cena to me. Like, she is that baby face that you get behind and gets a reaction everywhere that you go. Keep her with the way that she is. I think that she's money right now. Um, my You have a very shocking runner-up, Meals. I looked at this the other day, and I said, wow, I can't believe you did this. Who was your runner-up for female wrestler of the year? I don't know if it's that shocking. Liv Morgan is pretty good. I mean, I, I, I would say it was more shocking because in 2021, <laughs> in 2021, we put her as the most overrated. Yeah, we did. We did. So for her to come this far is a testament to the amount of work that she's done. She's been consistently, like, you know, Quan pointed out, most matches this year has been the most consistent, has been the most malleable, versatile. She's jumping from tag division to, 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 you know, solo star to back. And she's been beloved 
it all. I think she's worked hard enough this year and consistently throughout this year from top to bottom and even some shit in the middle too. Um, to be at least considered, I mean, it's a, she's done a lot of great stuff this year. I, I gotta give it to Liv. Absolutely. Um, my runner up is, it might not even be fair because <clears throat> she was off TV for a considerable amount of time, but uh, Becky Lynch is my runner up, <clears throat> but I'm counting this from her first half of the year facing off against Liv Dewdrop on a main show, by the way. Um, Liv more, did I say Liv? Uh, Liv Dewdrop, Lita, um, Bianca, of course, her her cycle Becky run in the summer of 2022, all of that, like the, the changes that her character went to before she got back to becoming the man and becoming the really the, the person that everybody wanted her to be again was such a great arc. It was a shame that the injury happened after SummerSlam and took her off TV for so long, but I'm glad that she's back. And as we said earlier in the show, still having bangers, just like having fantastic matches still. Um, feud of the year. My pick for feud of the year was Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Again, it goes into what I said for their match of the year. It was a culmination of just so many different things from SummerSlam to SummerSlam. These two were joined at the hip, you know, spiritually because Bianca had to get back to where she was at with Becky again. When she finally got to that moment, she proved herself more than once and proved that she was the better person and Becky had to bow down. I think it, if you look at it from 365, from, from year to year, or from moment to moment, it's the first time they've ever really done a story like this where it's actually stretched for a whole year. And I think that's what people missed in, in, all, you know, in all the controversy of Becky versus Bianca is that they actually did carry through this storyline and end it the way that we essentially wanted them to in the end. So that was my feud of the year. What was yours, Meals? It was a very, very great like anime Goku and Vegeta ending for that feud. So I'll, I'll give it, it that. Yeah. Um... Seth Rollins versus Cody also feels very anime to me. Um, just this guy who feels like this guy, this, uh, this, this foreigner is coming in and usurping his role and feeling threatened in that aspect. And especially the mo- creating the moment of the first match at WrestleMania, um, continuing to battle, I mean, through three matches and Cody winning them all. I think this feud has legs because they are both, quality performers working at a high level and you can they to me one of the big marks of this uh this feud and just kind of like the dichotomy of like who they are as personalities on the main roster look at that look at that um segment where they announced the hell in a cell match mm-hmm. where Cody kind of where, where you know Seth rolls in on TV laughing like a you know a villain maniac and like ha, 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 you know and then Cody is like essentially this is what we're gonna have to do and he's playing the hero in this aspect I felt like that was the perfect heel versus face combo that we've right. ever seen um, on television and I think both of these guys this is my feud of the year by virtue of both of these guys playing their role perfectly to a T um, through the three months that 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 was actually accomplished and and that was my runner-up uh again i'm not mad at either of those being anyone's number one i I thought seth and cody carry the year though this was a very strong strong feud for both men and i think that i never thought of i don't know if you did meals but i never thought of like cody as seth's like perfect foil in terms of like kind of like the chosen one type thing and they played it off really well as as the two you know, Dusty's 
kind of real son and his adopted kind of son where it's like, yo, they're both trying to prove that they're the best, you know, that, you know, that not only they're the best, but they, they're living up to, to his legacy. And, and I thought that that was a, such a, a great, uh, a, a great feud and a great story to kind of carry them. And, and I can't wait to see what they do next. What was your runner up? So my runner up, and this is, I guess our first, well, no, I guess FTR's AEW entry. This is a notable AEW entry. MJF versus CM Punk from this year. I think this was when we talked about what's the biggest thing that AEW could do, and we named a lot of matches, and we named a lot of people. We talked about Daniel Bryan, mostly CM Punk, but also include like Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, and stuff like that. I think MJF and CM Punk was something that really brought the essence of an actual like thought out long form program to AEW television that really has not been <laughs> quite frankly been seen since or been seen ever unless you're counting like um Kenny versus Hangman Page but I think both of these guys played their role to a T great talkers um CM Punk understands the pacing of like a sports entertainment feud and yeah I think it just worked out really really well and and, and it was one of the best uh most heated rivalries of the year for sure yeah it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was <clears throat> written by Tony Khan you know what I mean it felt like it was Punk really wants to work with this guy and he's going to make it happen no matter what. They had great promos, the, the, um, that, that long MJF promo about him being Jewish and, you know, how Punk helped him. He was, a, you know, he was younger and stuff like that. And, um, a young Jew boy. Yeah. I was like, Jew boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was, again, taking something from reality and kind of cranking it up to 10, if you will, as they do in wrestling. But it, it, it did work. And, and again, I'm, I'm not mad at that one. At all. And I don't think he's been able to find the magic with anyone else, to be honest with you. As great as MJF is, I don't think he's able to find that magic with anyone else. This was the perfect generation versus generation. Someone who paved the way versus someone who's walking that path. Like, I think it was the, probably the best. Yeah, it's, it's the best view that AEW has this year, for sure. Guilty pleasure of the year. Now, this is positive. I put this on the positive slant because it's like, you know. It's a guilty pleasure. It's something that we enjoy. It's something positive that we get. What was your guilty pleasure of 2022? Mine was Saray. And I don't know where she's at now. I hope whatever I planet either. she's on. <laughs> I hope whatever planet she's on, she's find, you know, um, drinkable water, uh, edible food. <laughs> so I hope there's air. I hope there's something there. But I really don't know where she's at. I would like her to come back. She's never right. gonna have that Mandy feud now. <laughs> it's a wrap for that shit. Um, to a different universe, bro. That shit crazy. No, maybe yeah. she's a fan planet or whatever the fuck they're, they're at now. This is very true, but yeah, I have no idea where she's at. So, oof. My guilty pleasure, and this is going to be heartbreaking for many. My guilty pleasure is is actually. And this is not the characters, but to but the I think it was a pleasure for me to see this company do something do right by a new team because they just don't know how to do it with anything else. I actually thought the acclaimed was my guilty pleasure of of twenty twenty two, and the few times I did watch AEW, while I'm not into the safe black, you know, thing with them, um, I can. I can really appreciate the fact that they're over on their own 
and they're over without having been on like being the elite and doing all of that silly bullshit that the other people in that company do. They're over because they they actually had something that these fans reacted to. And I can appreciate that. And I'll give them I, w- I want to give them their flowers this year for breaking through that that ceiling in AEW and getting over even if the company wasn't even positioning them to get over. It wasn't supposed to be them. But they made it they made it so that it was them and they took something from Swerve. So, I got to give it to them. um my second guilty pleasure of the year is chase you oh my runner-up is chase you i don't even know if that's a guilty pleasure i guess it is if you watch nxt um because a lot of people don't watch nxt nxt is everyone's everyone chase you and nxt is everyone's guilty pleasure (laughs) because when i found out andre chase was the guy um from the bravado brothers i was like holy fuck like everyone from that one evolve show that I went to would become a star. Like, yeah, damn. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's making shit. it work. And the thing is, when he was introduced, I wasn't not a fan of him. I thought the gimmick was funny, but I was like, "How is this going to work?" And they made it work. And shout out to them because they they've gotten a lot. I want I want to see them win some some gold though in NXT. They they got to they got to go from being jokes to actually being legit in some way, shape, or form. Um, my uh, runner up. <laughs> Was King Von, as Quan calls him, Von Wagner. He's I turned think the it's corner this year. To the dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never told Quan that to his face. But yes, go ahead. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I think he's turned the corner, and I think that he's actually a really good big man. And I, and I think that he, the thing is, is that like. They don't know what, like, NXT, right? Like, they always push the smaller guys. So they never have, like, really bigger guys have the title or have any type of thing going on there. But it's like, I think Vaughn could have been a believable NXT champion. But I, I, I don't want them to get gun-shy on actually booking someone that's bigger than six feet tall to be the champion. I think that he he might be ready to do it. I, I thought that, lisp aside, as funny as that is, as funny as people, you know, as much people make fun of that as they will, I do think he's an imposing threat, and I think that him with Robert Stone is actually like a good pairing. I I, well, I won't say good pairing. I think it looks good. I just don't like Robert Stone as a manager. I think he's a terrible manager. Like I really, I'm not a fan of Robert Stone. Like he needs an actual legit manager. Maybe they should call Adam Cole and manage Von Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking about check stealers because it's tough for, <laughs> for everybody out here right now to have a job. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah. Um I would say that for sure. Pay-per-view or PLE, whatever you want to call it, special of the year. Unanimously between myself and Meals, WrestleMania 38 night 1 was our special pay-per-view of the year. What more needs to be said? I mean, this is a card that had Stone Cold's return, Stone Bianca versus <laughs> Bianca period, versus end of the story. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, truth, truthfully, you know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? It had that. It had um, Bianca versus Becky. It had the return of Cody Rose and the match subsequently subsequently after. And it also had, like, really, like, has, like, sleeper stuff. It wasn't, um, like, Drew and, and Baron was on that card as well. Like, they had some really, really fucking good matches. And from start to finish, this show was, to me, one of the best. That, I mean, let's just be, be clear. This is the, the last Vince McMahon WrestleMania ever. You know what I mean? So, like, just for that alone, it's it's like, yo, like, this is the last one that he ever booked, that nasty motherfucker. And 
you know, it ended up being one of the best of all time. And um, yeah, I, I really love the show. I agree. I agree 100 um, percent. Yeah, there's nothing else. We both have the same fucking thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and our there's that one. Yeah. And our and our runner up, uh, you know, is uh, SummerSlam, which was a, which was Triple H's first pay-per-view <laughs> that he had ever done Amen. as the new Amen. head of creative. He should have did WrestleMania too. I feel like if there's any way that would have been better, it was if Triple H was booking it. But no, I mean, SummerSlam was, I think it was as much of a spectacle, but it was more so, I think, a coming out party for the new regime of WWE. And it kicked off with so much things that we see now more days. I mean, we've seen a lot, the influx of talent that's returned to the WWE. It kind of all started at SummerSlam um, with Dakota and uh, EO Sky. Um, it, it it had the conclusion to Bianca versus Becky, which again culminated this year long feud. Um, uh, Judgment Day having their first really big outing against the Mysterios and the Edge coming back and that kind of moment that you had there. Um, Brock versus Roman Reigns was just a a main event where to me, um, if you look at it and you look at like a picture of it. And you see kind of like where you see the ring and the chaos and stuff. I think it perfectly tells the story of like what these two are capable of. They're like two giant fucking kaijus going at it. Like right. they demolish an entire ring. And I think that's a that's that's what was missing from the initial match of like how destructive, like how big en- of entities are these guys truly. And it just had so many other stuff. I mean, Liv versus Ronda couple other things but it was just a great summer slam you can enjoy a really having a great summer slam is usually like a telling of a great year in wrestling bro, and, bro you had you had pat mcafee versus baron corbin and that shit banged <laughs> this is true that shit was, yeah that you, shit was you had, um what's what's my man's name um logan paul versus the miz logan versus and logan miz, paul yeah. come on now Banged. This was great. Second match. Second matches of the year. And he's already rookie of the year, bro. Like, shit's crazy. Um, all right. So next up, hottest news story of the year. And this is the craziest. Sh- this is crazy because me and you have like, okay, unanimously brawl out is the biggest news story of the year. Okay. Of course. You're I don't know. About what, on our YouTube thing, by the way. Yeah. I don't go subscribe to our YouTube. Number one. That's just off top there's not much more that we can talk about with this other than this is this is a banner year for wrestling in ring and outside of it because of outside forces obviously all of these things are important obviously we all have an opinion on things but it's like do you feel as though brawl out is actually going to be like the most talked about thing over like some of this other stuff that we have here yeah i actually do i feel like it's a to this was the one chink in the arm of AEW that I felt like this greatly exposed them and kind of like how um, businesses actually run over there for a number of years. I mean, we talked about it and I think we've always like hinted about it. It's like, yo, once the backstage stuff starts bubbling, it's going to look crazy for a lot of people in AEW. But everyone was like, you know, we're touting the talent. Everyone's like, oh my God, you know, black wrestler draws and, um, you know, this guy needs a push and that guy needs a push and MJF is the future and all this other stuff like that. While we were, I mean, we've heard all the things, but we were like, yo, there's a simmering thing going on backstage here. And I feel like this was the first 
kind of great look at like yo not everything not perception is not reality with aew and you could clearly see it from how that man i still laugh at empty-handed empty-headed dumb fucking dumb fuck (laughs) um but i think it will be because i think it's a massive fumble like how you lose cm punk like uh, again we've talked about this on our thing before but it's like i think this shows that like not everything but you know what the crazy thing is i think people still overall choose to ignore it i think people are coming around on like this isn't not everything here is up to speed and it's actually kind of annoying at times um because for before this and for a long time before this i think people ignored it oh the matches are great like what do you need to think like you're doing such great work here like and it's like you really like are they (laughs) like yeah, is yeah. everyone being mobilized in the best way that they could possibly? And it was like, no. But I think this exposed kind of like how they run their business, the favoritism, the 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 cheap shots backstage, um, all these other stuff like that. And I think it really gave it happens in all wrestling federations, but it never bubbles to the top. Poor management. Um yeah. and, and and stuff like that. I think that this is very, very telling. It's Tony, Tony the, coming. Tony coming. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is very telling of the of the brand that's supposed to be the alternative. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And I mean, my runner up was Vince McMahon retires. Your runner up was Cody Rhodes leaves AEW. These to me are all number one kind of potential moments. I just think that it is funny because it's like the brawl out took us back to 95, 96, 97, Brett Sean type shit. You know what I mean? And I think people, and I think that's why it was such a big thing that was talked about for months, whereas Vince was only talked about for like two weeks. You know what I mean? Like once Vince, once Triple H came back into the into the picture, people moved on because the product had changed and, the, and people's attention had changed so quickly. Even the newest Vince news that came out last week that we were talking about, no one's talking about it anymore. They're back to CM Punk shouting out Roman Reigns. You know what you know I mean? Because- crazy. My boss at my job, who is, I think he's aware of things that go on in wrestling, but he's not an actual wrestling fan. He heard about the brawl out stuff and he was like, yeah, it seems like they're running like a shit show over there, to be honest with you. And it's only because my job has worked with them before on, on certain things. Um, and he was just like, yeah, it seems like a shit show based on everything. I, I saw clips of the media scrum and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure what the hell is going on there. Um, so that was kind of very telling of like, I feel like it broke a little bit into the mainstream um, of just like, wow. Yeah. That happened. Exactly. And whereas like Vince was just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. The Cody Rose leaving AEW. That to me, I thought was kind of the, that was the big, I was like, okay, it'll be a little bit less crazy from there. And it just got even crazier. You know what I mean? Like th- these are to me big moments, but nothing bigger than an actual fucking fight that happened. And I just think it's interesting what people, what people care more about within this community and what they care less about. You know what I mean? And, and brawl out to mean, absolutely. I mean, I rated it number one, but Vince McMahon is definitely number two. And we talked about it at length as well in our A-list. So check that out on, on, on YouTube as well. Um, lastly, so we can get on out of here. Most memorable moment unanimously between myself and meals, Cody Rhodes returns to WWE. I don't think I got your viewpoint of like what you were feeling watching that. What what was your viewpoint of Cody returning to WWE? He returns, comes out, variety article hits, 
The merch mm-hmm. hits. Everything hits like it's a it's a fucking time drop. What were your thoughts on all of it? I mean, I loved it. So I thought this was a great like showcase of a, a, a t- this is how you showcase a top talent. Like this is how you bring someone in and make it a big spectacle. I think the fact that we we called it so many months in advance, we kind of you know um, heard some things rumbling backstage, and like it comes to this to me. I was like, wow, these are like moments. Like these are the actual like matches. They're cool. I love matches. I love a good wrestling match. But like moments are the stuff that you live forever. And I think Cody, thank you, Cody. Um, I think Cody returning to the WWE was like a great, like, this is, this is top tier shit, man. This is some good shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really amazing. That that, that kind of happened and the talks fizzled. I don't know if you remember the talks fizzling. I, I don't know if they got reheated or, you know, I don't know. But, you know, everything, everything ended up happening the way that it was supposed to. And I think the biggest the biggest thing that, that, like, was sucked about it is that he got injured, like, three months into the run. But I think the next return is going to be even even bigger than this one. I, I think that now he's, like, he's, his feet are firmly planted on WWE soil He's ready to rock and roll when he gets back, uh, whenever he gets back in the next couple of weeks. Um, runner up for me was CM Punk's AFI entrance uh, during his match with uh, MJF, the dog collar match. I'm, I'm a mark for his his old his old uh, ROH entrance. For him to remember that and and Tony to be such a money mark to pay for that AFI song, fantastic. You know what I mean? Just him coming out with the old gear, the old entrance. He was a little older, <laughs> a little really old. A little skinnier, but um, it, it ended up it ended up being such a great moment that I feel as though the crowd did not fully understand because, let's be clear, man, I feel like a lot of these people are Sam Punk fans because of the pipe bomb and not because of anything earlier than that. So it is what it is. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely a generation, uh, a gap between all when all that happened and, and this, but it's like moments like this. I mean, imagine if he had some sort of way to, inform people of this, all this ROH stuff. Imagine um, if he could bring that back to life. Maybe, yes. maybe that would work out. Maybe. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Hope you subscribe to the Honor Club. Um, <laughs> the Bloodlines UC segment to me. I mean, most things Bloodline. I mean, they've had a great... I wish someone just go on YouTube and put all the segments together. I'll watch it for the two hours. Like... It, to me, that te- it tells an amazing story, and that's all they. Be- We've been talking about this since 2020. If anything Roman Reigns is connected to, it's all telling an amazing story. But I think that Uzi segment, um, just funny, natural comedy, guys working together, um, and created in whole. They sound Uzi shirts now. Like this isn't the Chris Jericho bubbly shit. <laughs> this is this is an actual thing for the biggest uh, part of the show. So I think most bloodline segments, but I'm going to give it to the Uzi segment because I feel like Uzi needs some love. Feeling Uzi. We're feeling Uzi. That's fine. I'm cool with that. I actually didn't even think about that moment. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was thinking, I was just like, ah, I like the AFI interest a lot. I, I mean, I, we'll see if it lands. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to land in Sammy's uh, Hall of Fame video package. So that'll be cool. But... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I gotta wait to see if it's gonna if, if it's gonna last as long as people say it's gonna last. I don't know. I'm I'm a little skeptical on it, but that was the positive side 
of the list for this week. Next week, in the last the last uh, part of our year, and we have cringeworthy moment of the year, most improved, least improved, most tasteless, prom- <laughs> most tasteless promotional tactic, worst match of the year, worst wrestler of the year, male or female, worst feud of the year, worst pay per view of the year, most confusing booking decision, and most overrated. So, if you can imagine how negative we're about to get, we're gonna get way more negative, right, Mills? I'm looking forward to it. I might just we might just have to go the whole show just be negative. Like this is what the people want ultimately at the end of the day. Like all these superlatives are cool, but people want people want the mess. They got to get it out their system. We got to get it out of our system before 2023. You know what I mean? So, um yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Please have a merry and safe and fun and amazing Christmas. Um this has been such a joy to like be able to do the show with meals this year. We've been through a lot of changes personally, a lot of different things happen. But, you know, one thing to stay consistent is you guys have been our fans. And we're super thankful for you guys for sticking with us through all of this, whether you're on Patreon or in public or whatever. Thank you for listening to the show. Any last words, Mills? I guess um, not. Nah, I mean, free, free Rusev. I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay cool well until next time (laughs) until next week have a merry christmas from myself and meals thank you and we'll see you guys next week peace